Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. I am your host, Chris Eaton. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here in the wonders of the Pacific Northwest. Most importantly, right outside Portland. And you know what that means. I am talking with the king of Kaiju Podcasters, the grand poobah of all, the man who started it all. <laughs> uh, I'm very honored to have him uh, on our show, even though he is hosting the show. So it's, it is, a, it, it is like he's, he's, Kind of hoisting all this up, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kyle Yount. Yount. I'm sorry. I say Yount. 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 Yes. But I'll answer to pretty much anything. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Kajikast himself. We are here. We're just gonna talk. You know, a little business, a little fun. Um, this is. I've been. I've been wanting to get this man on our show proper. I think you were on one episode. Oh yeah. Uh, when you came down for um uh, the first, uh, I think it was. Uh, Japan World Heroes. Oh, okay. Jessica wrangled you, much like she wrangles a lot of people. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. That's yeah. The so one. you sat on a panel. So it was like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's talk. Oh, no one's at my booth. I got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> like I can tell it's like, all right, Jessica. I'm like, I do. I do remember that. <laughs> love her, but it's just like she's, you know, we, we scramble a lot. So, sir, first off, I got to give kudos on your interview with Michael Dotry. Oh, thank you that so much. was absolutely fantastic. Um, and not only that, but you did, you knocked out of the park with, uh, TJ Storm as well, too. Oh, that was a twofer. Actually, that mm-hmm. was a threefer because I also got Keith Aiken at mm-hmm. the same time. I recorded I, all three of those at the same event, really. Which, uh, I'm also insanely jealous. I didn't get to go to that show either. How you was should it? have, man. I was, I had a wedding in Santa Barbara about 400 miles south. So unfortunately, I have. Family members were just like, why aren't you here? Like, Summertime hey, so- is a very busy time for yes. everybody, man. I yeah. completely understand. A fancy outdoor wedding, all that good stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> so, sir, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, what are your – I, I want to know your secret origins to doing all this. Oh, man. Um, how far back? Let's go back all the way. Okay. So, uh, you ever as, see much the- as, as much as I listen to your show, I don't think you've ever really delved into like <laughs> – Who I am? Yeah. Like, oh, well, Who the hell is this he, man? Exactly. Have you? Did you ever see the Shrine of Gamera website? Yes. So that was my first website. Oh, okay. So I built that at a time, ugh, 1998, 97? Oh, those are glory days. I think it must have been 97 because at the time I had just discovered Gamera 2. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, this movie is amazing. And mm-hmm. uh, I had already sort of built up some website skills but i mm. wanted to improve them so i i worked on the shrine of gamera and eventually that just sort of fizzled out because there was just no gamera news and stuff mm. <laughs> after a while i think you had what like a good like three-year run of like just news and stuff like that after that yeah basically everything like leading up to two, leading up to uh gamera three mm. actually that was sort of like the big hubbub yeah and then once ge- that came out it was quiet for a while until, like, well, you know, we were just talking about the yeah. movie until <laughs> Gamera, uh, the Gamera the Brave came out. It was like a seven, almost six, seven-year gap between that. It was like a huge gap, yeah. And yeah. so many of the kaiju fans were like, I wanted it to be Gamera 4. <laughs> like, it totally isn't, but... 
But uh, to be fair, that, was, that movie's pretty awesome, though, isn't it? I love that movie, but mm-hmm. I it's not without its big flaws. No. You know? it, it, it does feel like they're like, we're going to take the 60s films mm-hmm. and just update them. Totally. Like, gore and all, like everything. I mean, and that's I, that's part of the charm to it, but when... There's also saying something like, you're coming off the greatest trilogy of all time. I know, like, right? It really is. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can't stop saying nice things about the Gamera trilogy. But, um, anyway, so after, after the Shrine of Gamera sort of, it didn't, it didn't fizzle out really, mm. but basically while there was no news about Gamera for mm-hmm. a long time, I started working with Henshin online. Oh, okay. And so I was the webmaster for that website for, uh, three or four years. Really? Yeah, essentially. 2000 to or 2001 maybe mm-hmm. until 2005 wow okay so now you're website. so we're getting into the from the golden age to like the more the modern age stuff so you, <laughs> sure yeah yeah <laughs> sure kids the, today the, will be the, like what is a henching online exactly <laughs> you know? no that was you know you're a young chris is sitting at his local library computer like like oh my god like all this cool stuff like yeah your hour's up like no no, the, 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 the Godzilla 2000 live streaming is coming on. Like, I got to refresh every 30 seconds to oh, see man. what's going on. That was a nuts time because I didn't, like, basically before working with Henshin Online, mm-hmm. I got all my news about Godzilla mm-hmm. through G Fan Magazine mm-hmm. and, uh, um, was oh, it Monster man. Zero? Monster Zero News, yeah. Yeah. Aaron's website. And actually, Aaron and I, not to get too into it, but basically, he was like, dude, I don't care if you share the Gamera news that I share. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, you can share any Gamera news I find, too. Like, we had a really cool, like, working relationship just really uh, at the beginning of my website. Mm-hmm. And then once I, get to Hench- once I got to Henshin Online, I was pretty much getting all of the news, like, directly pumped into my eyes like, <laughs> for every single thing that came out. Because it was like, all, like, every single person that worked on that website mm-hmm. was getting information from their sources. So... Everything in that Millennium series mm-hmm. was just crashing down on me all the time. And you guys were pretty much breaking most of that stuff too. Yeah, weren't you? absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. remember the like Monster Zero before they started tapering off, like they were like just sourcing Henshin too. Like everything just pretty much came out of that. Well, Henshin was actually on Monster Zero before I took it over. Oh, uh, was that? Oh, what year are we talking oh, about? Because yeah, still they... again two thousand one or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's like don't make us remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was basically what happened is Henshin Online was part of Monster Zero News because the guys who ran Henshin Online or who mm-hmm. started Henshin Online had Markalite Magazine mm-hmm. and other aspects of it, and mm-hmm. so we actually talk a little bit about the genesis of that project in uh, the Keith Aiken interview because oh, okay. he worked on it with us. Mm-hmm. And for a while, like we, what we said in the interview is like the other dudes who were really working on that website sort of had their own projects that they were working on. Mm-hmm. So for months at a time, it was basically like Keith coming up with an article, mm-hmm. sending it to me and I would proofread it and, and create an it. HTML page and oh. publish it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for the, for, for those kids out there, like he was doing heavy work. Like you're creating the HTML, like writing code, all that good stuff. Hand coded. Oh. All of it was hand coded, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is why probably if you tried to load it up right now, it would look so terrible. <laughs> when, uh, when you, when WordPress came out, did you just kind of like have an aneurysm over that? When WordPress came out, well, actually when all of the blog stuff came out, I was also working my, you know, day job was also at like a, a tech company. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, PHP, screw that stuff. <laughs> that stuff's dangerous, yeah. dude. Don't use PHP on your server. <laughs> like we had a, <laughs> I was definitely drinking the Kool-Aid mm-hmm. uh, on that, but not when, I mean, eventually I'd started the, the Kaiju cast and I was mm-hmm. like, 
Oh yeah, yeah it's WordPress easier. rules for this stuff. Yeah, yeah. We were uh, my own my old site, uh, Realmcast. We were the on the dying days of the HTML stuff. Yeah. Like, and uh, second WordPress, like we were like one of the early. My buddy jobs in. He's like, dude, this is the way we got to go because he's like, <laughs> you don't know how to code for crap. So like, I this is less work for me. Yeah. So. Actually, when. <clears throat> Uh, Sci-Fi Japan was about to launch, or mm-hmm. when they were ta- talking about it, they were trying to get me involved, and I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. just, I'm taking a little bit of a break from this stuff, yeah. and at the time, and so, uh, they were like, well, how, how should we do this? And I was like, actually, you should look at blogs, because mm-hmm. honestly, the blog setups these days are, like, I could totally see you doing a news website mm-hmm. as blog articles after blog articles that just, they did it. They took my advice and ran, like, got a great designer to come in and just basically give them a nice treatment. Mm-hmm. And then they've been running with it ever since. That that was the one thing I did notice with the, with the event of the like the WordPress was like, you saw like a lot of like very basic blogs, but then mm-hmm. like the people that still had like that that those skills to like really let's say spruce up their site. Yeah, like, it's yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so th- we still know how to make this stuff stand out, make it. You know, uh, make it something really special. That's what I've got. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. My, your site's awesome. My site, my site's awesome. Mm-hmm. The design essentially was mm-hmm. a, a template I found. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. this looks like it could work for me. Yeah. And then that was the end of it. I like recoded it from the from the original template because if you look, if you ever, if you're not skilled in HTML, mm-hmm. actually, I should say CSS, mm-hmm. and you look at the the source of those blog templates. Mm-hmm. It's like looking at some sort of ancient language. I'm like, oh my god, how does this even work? Mm-hmm. As a as a static HTML developer from back in the early 2000s, I I'm still flabbergasted that the site still works today. It's it's like trying to read Latin at this point, right? At this point, yes, <laughs> I'm so far gone. I've like completely lost any any will. To do any HTML stuff, I do it at the very minimal level <laughs> for any projects I'm working on, like the the documentary. I built a website for that, mm-hmm. and uh, still, just just the basicest website possible for that kind of thing. So, so you're at Henshin, and uh, you're working there. You're mo- you're you're pretty much the I'm like the webmaster of web Henshin master. online for, so. until like 2005, mm-hmm. and then it's sort of just sort like People started going their separate ways, and I took a I took a step back from doing any. Actually, you know what? Like we mentioned, Monster Zero News, mm-hmm. that guy that ran that site, Aaron, mm-hmm. he died around that time, and it was kind of like shocking to yeah. me. Like not to get too emotional about it, because I'm not going to get emotional about it, but mm-hmm. like it was like, oh, whoa. Whoa! It's people I know can die. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's life, kind of like showing. It's like, hey, this, this isn't all you know permanent. So yeah, yeah. So it was sort <clears throat> of like in a weird way, it was a kick in the head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, every time I look at these forums, every time I look at stuff, it was like reminding like a, me about that. And yeah. it, I was like, I'm gonna just step back for a bit. And that's when I went into like deep into the 501st Legion stuff. Ah, oh, yeah. okay. I'm a stormtrooper, <laughs> folks. Or I'm retired. A retired stormtrooper. is what they call it now, yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, those guys have been, like, they're heavy out in my area. Like, they are big time, especially in the Inland Empire. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. I like, bet. Oh, yeah. No, the SoCal area was always big. Well, when I was in the group, it was mm-hmm. always a big I think contingent. The, my buddy said, I think, the like, one of their... Like, or, like, their founding members was from, like, that, like, out there, like, mm. Riverside area. So I think that's probably... 
part of the reason why they have such a huge like uh like like group out there. Yeah, yeah. The, that group has really <clears throat> expanded and started doing things that I remember being in that group and being like, man, it'd be so cool if. Mm-hmm. And now you see conventions like the celebration stuff, oh. and the 501st are bringing gigantic freaking props that look like a Rancor mm-hmm. or a down snow speeder. And I'm like, I don't know where these come from, but they're amazing. Oh, in in our in my uh, my friend and I's uh, like short dealing with like running shows um, out at this um, collector show called Frankensons. Oh uh, yeah, I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, like he ran a booth and he was also doing like all their web stuff. And they're like, um, so when we were running the realm cast, mm-hmm. uh, my buddy's like, I want to do star Wars and star Trek stuff. Cause those are my two things. And he reached out to the five. first, like, yeah, what do you need? Like, we'll, we'll be this. Like, can you guys bring stuff? It's like, we'll get the Mandalorians out here. Oh yeah. We'll get, you know, we'll get all the Sith guards. We'll get everything. And they filled like, they had this giant warehouse and they filled it with all kinds of cool stuff. Like Ooh, wow. they brought the speeder bikes. They were having like, Teaching kids like lightsaber displays and all, or, uh, like techniques and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. a legitimately awesome group to be a part of, especially if you love that universe. The great, the greatest show of force was at Comic Con. Um, show of force. Yes, I see what you did there. Yes, uh, they came down uh, one of the escalators and they just they had it was it's one of those like where you go to Comic Con you're like God damn it there's so many people here like I how do you get it? And then you see something like this you're like yeah this is why I come there was one Darth Vader two Imperial guards and then the rest were just stormtrooper awesome. after storm and That's occasionally so cool. like the Where's Waldo you had the speeder bike trooper <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know the and there was at least like 200 of these guys coming straight down this elevator I got a video of it somewhere it is one of the most fantastic moments okay so in this time between you know st- where we are in mm-hmm. our, in my history, I I went to Celebration Four oh, okay. in the Los Indiana, Angeles. Oh, okay, the LA one. The LA one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, same coast. I took the train down. It was oh. adorable. Yeah, <laughs> but I took my my costume down too. Mm-hmm. So I am in the 2004 Celebration photo of all the the 501st Legion, which somewhere mm-hmm. I think. It's on my uh, my digital frame downstairs, but some it's in there and like it'll come up every once in a while. I'm mm-hmm. like, you can't see me. There's so many people here. You can't see me, <laughs> but I can point out where I mm-hmm. am because we're all grouped together in the same. That was a I can't imagine having to organize that kind of thing. Oh no, it's 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 a whole different like beast now. Much like a lot of other things, just fandom. The internet has brought so much, and then uh, it's also much like technology. It's just made it that much more grander and yeah. that makes it much more much more work to have to do just to impress people now oh my god i can't imagine seriously what mm-hmm. it would be like today over 10 years mm-hmm. after i was in that that must have been 2007 it was about 2007 2008 yeah, yeah. yeah. that was uh yeah that's but yeah that that show for us yeah right there yeah that was definitely that so i mean they're all over the place like i like i'm in the middle of all that stuff so like yeah. every i, I go it's like oh 501st 501st like to me, it's like I've kind of grown numb to them. Like it's just like I, they're just in the background now. They they pop You're out. Just, of you trees. just live in Star Wars. I do live in <laughs> you Star just Wars. Live in Star Wars. <clears throat> like oh, I'm in the uh, California garrison. It's real. It's yeah, real. yeah. The Mandalorian. Like the the fact that there was a Mandalorian spinoff too. Like yeah. just like brought so much joy to my heart because I that that was like the one aspect of Star Wars uh-huh. when I was real heavy into it in high school. It's like these dudes. Like it wasn't so much Boba Fett. It was like the the warrior nature and the fact that. These were guys that could stand up to like uh, Jedi's, even though they didn't have really have any powers or anything like sure, that. Sure, yeah, yeah. Those Mandos, man. Mm-hmm. So 
we go from uh, so you're taking time off. You're you're. I don't want to put cosplaying down because that that's more of a job when you're in the 501st right there. In a, yeah, you know what's funny is like I know that technically cosplay existed before I was in the 501st, but mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. it wasn't heavily used. That term wasn't no. used that much, and so there was still the, respect and honor to it. Well, I didn't. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far either. I'm just saying that, like, in terms of like people looking at us, they didn't go cosplayers, mm-hmm. you know, but. I think they do that now yeah. because cosplay has become such a big thing. And again, we're talking about for the era around 2007. Yeah. Because I remember seeing that first show come mm-hmm. up on sci-fi on the sci-fi channel. That yeah, was the, like the cosplay show where they had like costumers battling. For yeah, yeah. They were something like, or other. Build your. It was like it was like kind of like um. It was like a like a like face off, but for cosplayers. Exactly. And like we've got one of those guys in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually made my Hellboy holster oh really i do have another costume uh he yeah his name's jesse loggers anyway Mm -hmm. uh so yes i was in the 501st Mm -hmm. and i was enjoying my time in the 501st and at the and then right around this time is when the iphone started to be you know was real big yeah really really kicking in Mm -hmm. like i think people i knew had had ipods before and then it was like what's a podcast yeah and the 501st started their their podcast actually really? and i was like really interested in that because at the time one of my co-hosts was also doing a pirate radio show mm-hmm. <laughs> and they invited me to be on their show which is where i got the sort of like bug for talking about godzilla stuff yeah to other people you mm-hmm. know out there in the nebulous land and you know so at the same time that i was like ooh that was a lot of fun these people in the 501st started a podcast, and I was like, let's hear how this sounds. Mm-hmm. I liked it, mm-hmm. but there were things I didn't like about it. And I was like, I wonder if I could do a podcast about Godzilla, because there was nothing out there. I mean, mm-hmm. there were no Godzilla podcasts. And I was like, hey, maybe this is the time for me to jump back in the water. Mm-hmm. And that really, I mean, that's 2009 january 2009 is where it started all that i think that that 2009 is the year i think where everybody started looking around it's like this is something we could do that's when we started um the realm cast that was mm-hmm. our first and that was sitting around a table in my buddy's enclosed patio with like five of us who had mm-hmm. just started the site and it's like figuring out what the hell this show is going to be because i i was like that like i'm i'm more of a talker yeah. than anything else i'm like you've been around me enough like I won't shut up sometimes. So <laughs> it's uh, true. Yes. <laughs> and I was I, I pitched it to my friend because um uh he 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 ran uh a different incarnation of 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 the realm cast uh before I came on board. And unfortunately his it was all based on toys. Mm-hmm. They're huge toy collectors. And his friend that was like the co you know, the the the, the co owner of the site unfortunately passed away. And mm-hmm. so he's just like kind of lost like the the bug for it but he still was like i kind of want to keep doing this it was something i yeah. liked so we came on board and i'm like the hook is the podcast it's like what is what podcast? What, what are you talking about I'm like <laughs> so i gave him kevin smith's to listen to because it was sure. him and i think ricky gervais were the like the only big ones at the time yeah yeah he's like i know of when you speak yes <laughs> yeah i remember that yeah and uh he's like uh, i guess we can do this and it was yeah that wild wild west kind of like mentality it's like well how in the hell do we build this what do we need like back in the day when he's still like oh bandwidth was a big issue and yeah totally yeah <clears throat> yeah that's my first host actually mm-hmm. it's like unlimited bandwidth unlimited 
uh, storage space. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Until a lot of people start listening to your podcast, and mm-hmm. then it, <laughs> and they're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. They're like, wait, yeah. Oh, we had to put you on a jailed system, mm-hmm. you know. So we moved your website. Uh, this was like, no kidding. This mm-hmm. is what happened to me. Like three years into the podcast, mm-hmm. my server hosting service uh, moved me from the server I was on to a different server mm-hmm. that required my account to be jailed, which meant it only would. It was like unlimited bandwidth and unlimited server space, but mm-hmm. the processor mm-hmm. of the of the server that mm-hmm. was being used was jailed into a certain wall so basically if a bunch of people started downloading the podcast the site would crash uh, because it couldn't mm-hmm. it couldn't like keep up with it and the in the server would just be like nope i'm not i'm not doing anything right now yeah <laughs> it's like it was really annoying and then i eventually moved but anyway yeah we was, well no no we yeah. had the same problem we Nuts had some bolts man we had three podcasts running and then uh out of the blue um the host, the 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 hosting business, just for us, like, yeah, we're we're like yanking this. So we're like, well, wait, what the hell, man? Like, we had we paid up for like the year and everything. It's like, yeah, you're just it's too much. Like, yeah. So we hopped over to another at that time, and like much like anybody else, they're like, yeah, you're doing the the podcast stuff. Like, yeah, we'll host you. Like, and now it was even it was a better, cheaper service, and it was like, okay, you guys are we're moving along now. We're we're That's getting cool, there. Though. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, because for me. I started it, I mean, you know, and like any brand new adventure, mm-hmm. nobody knew about it for a really long time. And so it just sort of was was totally fine. Yeah. My little cheapy service was totally fine mm-hmm. and worked great for, you know, I think three years, yeah. three or four years. And then I, I really it was once the 2014 film came out. That's yeah. when I think everybody I started, started getting like, more more listeners then. I yeah, I just I came across it because I had a Zoom. I was in nice. Like, yeah, yes, nice. I, I was I early on like I I was taught um just your basic you know computer like skills on apples and I absolutely hated apples. Yeah, like it just everything seemed to ask backwards. <laughs> so I was like that guy. I'm like I'm not getting a. I I didn't like the propri- proprietary like uh, BS. So I'm just like you know what I'm getting a Zoom. I got such shit for getting a Zoom from everybody else. I loved that thing. That thing was. A wonderful piece of music technology. All right, let me let me work with you here on this. Okay. So we're talking about old, old, old <laughs> MP3 players. Okay. Yep. Do you remember the company Roxio? Yes, I do. So they made an MP3 player. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. And one of the programmers that I worked with, he mm-hmm. was like, hey, this is kind of broken. You can have it. if You just have to keep a rubber band around it here mm-hmm. to get the sound working. That was my first MP3 player. Was it like that big? It was bigger than that, but uh-huh. it was it was still small. And okay. it was like you had the buttons that went click, 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 yes. click. Yes. Know, my <laughs> plastic buttons. My brother's buddy had one of those. I'm, I, I remember sitting there. Watching Toonami like right out of high school, I'm like, what in God's name is it? What yeah. am I doing with this? Like, it's just all files, man. I'm like, what? And he's just like, yeah, you fit like 400 songs on this thing. Yeah. For ages, I was using a little USB stick that had a player device built into it. Oh, so you wow. just like plugged a headphone jack into mm-hmm. it. Like, I used to go snowboarding a lot back in like the early days of the podcast. And mm-hmm. that's what I used for my MP3 player way before I got an iPod. <laughs> Way before I got an iPhone, yeah. like way before I got an iPhone, like holy crap, that's hilarious to me. Well, the beauty about Zune was that they were again one of the early adopters of podcasts. Yeah. So 
Um, and they were the first ones that had like the searchable content. Like you can look. Right, right. So after, because I had started this driving job, so I was in a car most of the day, and I hate, I, 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 I can only listen to music so many times before it gets repetitive. Okay, yeah. And my taste of music is only so wide. So I'm like, ah, okay. Well, Kevin Smith was doing one every two weeks. Oh and wow. And uh, like I was listening to Ricky Gervais, and I think uh, Leo Lepore, the tech guy. He had a podcast too. I'm like, all right, I'll listen to this. But it's like, oh, okay. I need some, maybe there's a Godzilla thing. And I think episode three is where you were at when I, when I came across doors. I'm like, oh, Godzilla, like, right on. It looked, and not only that, but it looked professional too. Unlike some of the other stuff that were, they're popping up because it was like nice, cool logo. You pop it up that the, you had the opening at the, I think the same opening, right? Uh, no, it have, it's like version one. We're in version two now. Yeah. But the, the first opening was, uh, it was oh man, it was from the Godzilla Unleashed soundtrack, mm-hmm. and which I knew that that was sort of like um that wasn't something that people were going to be like, hey, you're infringing on our copyright yeah. because they had sort of a, like I guess released it to the internet. People could just download the songs, mm-hmm. so I was you know crossing my fingers that nobody yeah. ever came barking down my door about that. But yeah, used to use that song, mm-hmm. lots of. <laughs> yeah, I tried to make it sound like it was going to be a really exciting show. Yeah. Oh no, that and that that's what that's what hooked me the first time. I'm like, I'm sitting, in, uh, I'm driving around Orange County, and it's like, all right, well, let's get this a try. And it's like, it comes through. It's like, this sounds clear, concise. It wasn't like the few other ones where people were like, um, so, hi, welcome to um, <laughs> Starcast. We're talking about. You know, you Star say Wars that thing. now, yeah. but uh, if you listen to those old episodes, I feel like I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have my radio attack voice on. No, but you did sound like you knew what you were doing, though. And that was the difference from a lot of other, like, when I listen to a lot of podcasts today with people are starting, like, ah, like, and it's, I think it's something we all have to learn. My, uh, I had to learn it too because I was like, hey, everyone, welcome to the Realmcast. And be like, my buddy be like, no, umph, oof. Yeah, yeah. Like, and no, you gotta, had that right off the bat. Well, I mean, I got to, I'll be perfectly honest. I mm-hmm. actually got a negative review one time. How dare they? Not, no, no, <laughs> not, not at all. It wasn't on iTunes. It was mm-hmm. actually through like a forum. Mm-hmm. I think August Ragoni had suggested someone listen to an episode that I did, that, the episode he and I did about Ultra Q. Mm-hmm. And then this guy named Justin listened to that episode and I think some other stuff. And he was like, he wrote a review of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And there were parts of it that were like, at the time, I was like, what? why would you say such mean things about me? <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I really was hoping that it would just be, I mean, sorry, for the most part, it was it was something that I could look at and take some constructive criticism over. Mm-hmm. Because I do believe in constructive criticism yeah. and learning from it and improving upon it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I hope I did, is oomph it up a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and make it better. Like the so you're talking about the intro, right? That was mm-hmm. that was the oomph. I'd okay. say like that was the main oomph that I had for the first year or two of the podcast. And mm-hmm. then as it kept going, more oomph got added, and then I got that negative review. <laughs> like, but it, it really did help me like focus the podcast a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things he said was like they were watching Megalon and mm-hmm. the co-hosts had a question that easily could have been looked up. The answer could have been looked up, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't be bothered to do it and i was like yeah it's true but that's for megalon yeah and, <laughs> I mean, so are we really uh are we really like uh splitting hairs on that film right there and like is that 
You know, in the long run, I again, I did. I feel great that I took the constructive criticism away from that. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, listening to the commentary of that movie has sort of changed my mind about mm-hmm. it. But otherwise, I would have been like, no, yeah. well, I'm not splitting any hairs mm-hmm. on Megalon with anybody. So how did you settle on the format originally? Ooh, the format. So, well, there's a couple of different formats, actually, I guess I'd say. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I ever did was just have people on. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, the the first thing I actually remember how I was talking about the 501st podcast. Yeah. So the things that I liked about the 501st podcast are the things that I sort of did with the Kaiju cast. Mm-hmm. So the, the title, I think, was the 501st cast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I like that Kaiju cast. Kind of mm-hmm. rolls off the tongue well. Uh, I also took the intro, like they had a cool intro, mm. but the problem, the thing that I didn't like is that all of their, their hosts were from across the country, which oh, makes so total sense yeah. for the 501st trying to be like, here's our, our global reach. You know, mm-hmm. you've got somebody in California, somebody in New York, somebody in Florida, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that sound Especially in 2009. Off Skype, probably. Skype? Yeah. Gross. Gross, gross, gross. So (laughs) I hated it. And I was like, there's no way I want mine to sound like that. So I wanted it to sound as close as I could get it to a actual radio show Mm -hmm. without knowing jack squat about making a radio show. Uh So actually, this little... This tiny mixer here. Yeah, we're looking at a mixer. And two of these microphones were <clears throat> my original microphones and mixer going mm-hmm. into this original recorder. So this is the this workhorse has been like working for me for mm-hmm. over ten years now. Wow. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Keep up. Keep up the good work <laughs> for at least another two months. It, 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 but it, that does go to show you like there is like a certain simplicity to doing this. But at the same time, it's also like, you, I mean, a lot of people, like a lot of people I, I've talked to, cause now like I, it's weird because and at the throwback to me, but uh, I've been like, I, when I do like when Jessica and I work uh, like some conventions and stuff like that, I've mm-hmm. had people come like, Oh, I would listen to your show. Listen to, you know, like I found you through a lot of people have found us through the episode we did with you. Awesome. Which, thank you so much, sir. Well, I think it's a, it's a playing, it's a fertile playing ground for everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I, there are so many podcasts out there, there dedicated are. to the genre. Mm-hmm. It's like amazing now. Anyway. So, um, but yeah, we get a lot of people that are like, well, how, how should I go about this? I'm like, well, get a, you know, get a mixer, but they're like, oh, just, I'm like, yeah, but it's not as simple as that. Like you got to sit there, you got to play with it. Yeah. You figure out your levels. Like you got to make sure that you're listening to your actual show. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff like that. And people are like, oh, this sounds like a lot more work than I thought it was going to yeah. be. It's like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this is I the easy part. so many podcasts that have started and mm-hmm. been like, oh, it's too much work. Yeah. And then just quit. It's just like, oh, I got to edit this together? It's like, yes, that's part of the deal. Like, if you don't like doing any of that and realize it's probably going to be a loss leader for yeah. you, too. Like, if you're not willing to put that up, like, then then don't. Yeah. I Well, so for me, I'm a huge believer in the editing process because mm-hmm. like i said i want it to sound like it belongs on the radio mm-hmm. if someone pulls up to your car and you're listening to the kaiju cast i just don't want it to sound like some guy's recording in his basement yeah through a cup you know oh yeah no anyway. believe me dude, i go back and listen to some of our <laughs> early episodes and just like jessica even though jessica and i live within like a 30 mile radius because of her wacky schedule yeah it's like we're doing it at one in the morning over either <laughs> skype 
or the or we moved to Google uh, Chat for a while. Oh, the Hangouts, <clears throat> the thing? Hangouts, yeah. and that 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 was gonna. I'm using um, what is it? Uh, what's that free recorder? Um, Audacity. Oh, oh yeah, Dude, yeah. Okay, so I used Audacity for a long time. Mm-hmm. Actually, you want to get into some nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. The very first like ten, twelve episodes, maybe longer of the mm. Kaiju Cast were all done through Sony Soundforge. Wow. The free program. Yep. That I had for, <laughs> I shouldn't say it's free, but uh-huh. it was given to me yeah. ages and ages and ages ago. And so I, I knew how to use it. And mm. I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep doing this. One track, no anything, mm-hmm. which was totally fine for like a one long recording. But, yeah. it's, you know, wanting to like add music in. I was doing, I was trying to do everything as live as possible. Mm-hmm. Still, I mean, (laughs) we'll see how, I mean, everything needed editing, though. Yes. And because I learned how to do editing on Sony SoundForge, I kept doing the same job, basically. Mm. And then I got a Mac. Mm. I used to have a, I used to be a PC guy. Uh And then at my job, my boss was kind of like, yeah, you should, you should work with what I'm working with. And so I got the Mac and that's when I started using um, Audacity. Okay. Because it was free. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was using that forever. And then I started actually, I became a producer for another podcast. Were you aware of that? The X-Men one? Yeah. Yes. I think we talked about that last time I was here. Yeah. Jay and Miles explained the X-Men is what Mm -hmm. it's called. And it was a weekly podcast. And it was, I was first using Audition, or sorry, Audacity. Mm -hmm. And the previous guy was using Audition. Mm -hmm. And lucky for me, I had Creative Cloud. Adobe Creative Cloud because Audition, (laughs) trying to keep it straight, Audacity (laughs) on Audition. Audition, the Adobe product, is included in that. So Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'll just put that on here. Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. I love that program compared to Audacity, even though Audacity is still very, very good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I had to switch Mm -hmm. to Audition because it was faster and easier. And And it's on the format you're you're, you're working on. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, like hitting the ground running with Mm -hmm. that podcast. I think the first three episodes, four episodes I did of them, they sound probably sound like robots, Mm -hmm. you know, just like me trying to take out like all the things. It's like, no, that doesn't work. And then there's like a tool in Audition where you can select a piece of audio mm-hmm. and you can choose to listen to that audio without the selection. Oh, okay. So you can, you can tr- uh, basically what I did is I would like stitch them together that way. So I would like pull stuff out and listen to it, make sure it didn't sound like they jumped. Take the ums, the quiet like pauses and stuff like Some that. Some stutters. Yeah. We had a stutterer on the show, you know, so that was interesting, but it was very, um, very challenging. So mm-hmm. I only did that for a year and a half. Yeah, that's it's, it, it can be a little taxing, especially when you're putting the like people don't realize like I mean our my our simple show it still takes me like 45 minutes to yeah you know that's and when you're working a job and you're doing you have like other you know uh, oh yeah stuff you got to do it's like oh, man. yeah and when I edit a full show right mm-hmm. when I'm like all right I'm gonna sit down and edit this entire conversation I do that in one not in one sitting but like I do it once through. Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't go listen to it again. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, like you're done. Like once I'm done editing, done. like I'm pretty much done. I'll stitch it. I'll put it all together in the audition format, mm-hmm. which has multi-track stuff. It's like a lot of filmmakers I talk to, they're like, "Yeah, I haven't watched that movie in years. Like, why? It's like because I saw it so many times yeah. while the editing process was yeah. going on." 
But if you asked me about specific episodes, I wouldn't be able to tell you what happened in them. Like, dude, I've, I got everything's I this, a blur. There, there's, there's, there's stuff that stands out, and then there, there's the stuff I'm like, we need to get something out this week. Uh, so here's what we're gonna talk about. Like, and I go back and like, you look through the list, you're like, oh yeah, I kind of remember doing that, but yeah. it's like I couldn't tell you exactly the specifics of that episode. Like, yeah. Someone, I mean, I, have you had people come up to you like, oh yeah, you said this in this episode? Like, I don't remember. A couple of times that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time somebody asked me a question related to it and i was like i don't remember what i said there but what did i say you mm-hmm. know but so, uh, i you know most of the time people will just have some have really positive things to say and i, I don't really get questioned about what yeah. i what i say generally hey, man, people to come up i tell them say like, all right like yeah i like your show i'm like do you listen to kyle's show like who i'm like the kaiju guys like no i'm like you should <laughs> listen to him man because he's like we're we're like Knott's Berry Farm, this guy's Disneyland in terms of quality. So, like, oh. he, he's got bigger. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For your theme park references. Like, For especially California theme park yes. references. <laughs> <laughs> I say because I live between both of them. So you see, for the listeners out there, <laughs> yeah. Knott's Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Farm's okay. It's little. It's got the peanuts. It's uh, got boysenberry. And uh, Disneyland's Disneyland. Like, Knott's they, Berry Farm has Elvira every Halloween. Though. They do. That's I think a pretty big win. Her la- Actually, last year, I think, was her last <gasps> year doing it. Yeah. Say it ain't so. Yeah. They had the Crypt Keeper for a while, too. That's cool. Yeah. They did. They would do their their uh, hanging show for the, uh, for the Halloween stuff. Okay. So it was like uh, kind of like a robot chicken. Like that, that kind of stuff. Like they find something to make fun of and then they work horror into it. Nice. And it was this live stage show. There's a lot of like blood bags and stuff going off and the yeah. Crypt Keeper was And then it kind of became a self parody of itself. Like the last year I went or it was like, I felt like an old man. I'm like, it's just a bunch of kids. I mind you, I'm 24. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Like, and then you find out Universal Studios does a such a better version oh, of man. everything there. My wife is down there right now. She just went to the. Did she go to the Horror, the Horror Nights? Nights? Yeah. Oh, just Horror Nights ago, is yeah. the only way to go now because it's like you're on an actual soundstage. Uh, I went two years ago. They had an Alien versus Predator set. Yeah. They had re- like the actual suits. They had actual suits That's like awesome. made up. There were. So fucking cool. Like a giant queen at the end that would come out and attack you and everything. That's awesome. Yeah. So that, not to get, you know, too far off. Sure. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> anyway. So you, so the start and now, and I've noticed like, because you were the first guy to like outside of like G fan and maybe some of the other magazines, you were like to actually get people to sit down and talk about, you know, mm. th- this wonderful world of this fandom. That's kind of what got like when I, when Jessica and I sat down to like, what, what are we going to do? It's like, we can talk and I'm, and I'm going over and like, I don't like, let's not, let's not copy what, what Kyle's doing. Cause Kyle's kind of got it down. He's got this great thing down. So it's like, let's yeah. just, let's, what can we do to differentiate? You're totally ourselves? right. It was great. Everything I was doing it was the best <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's funny when you ask about like what, you know, how did I decide on the format? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like. I feel like I just sort of just cobbled it together and it was like, like an organic thing. It, it just really was kind of organic. Like the you first were... time I did any kind of kaiju news, mm-hmm. I got some feedback. So it was like, oh, you should do like a little news thing. Like, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Yeah. I'll just, I will do that. And that's content for your show. Right exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Minutes. And then another listener was like uh, a listener from Wales, I Ooh. think, actually, like my, one of my first international listeners was mm-hmm. was suggesting the Daikaiju discussion mm-hmm. as a, but you know, he had a different idea and I had a different idea and it sort mm-hmm. of merged the two into this idea for this, you know, every month we watch a movie and, and then, we talk about it, then we read the listener reviews and that 
Good lord, that was a long <laughs> seven year process. Well, you went you you went through the entire library pretty much, didn't you? At least everything that was readily available. Everything that was readily available. Yeah. That was the, that was the original goal mm-hmm. is to do everything that anybody could potentially walk into a store here in America mm-hmm. and buy off the shelf, with some small exceptions, mm-hmm. uh, but. For the most part, that's that's where we went with it. And, there, you know, man, there are people who are like, Kyle, you didn't do this movie. Kyle, you didn't do that movie. When are we going to watch this movie? And mm-hmm. I'm like, never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially I remember you uh, kind of lament. I think you were down for Monster Palooza. And uh, I'm like, oh, like I saw you guys are doing Death Cap next month. You need just the oh, eye God. roll. Like it just went all the way back in the head where <laughs> – you just had the whites of your eyes, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're doing that. But- yeah, yeah, Death Kappa, when we talked about Death Kappa, actually, the very first time I ever talked about it, mm-hmm. I was super excited for it. And mm-hmm. then, uh, if people have not heard the episode, I was very, very, very disappointed in you, Death Kappa. <laughs> it, I know I shouldn't have been with mm-hmm. the name, Death Kappa. Yeah, Death Kappa. But the director of that, like, directed one of my favorite tokusatsu films of all time, Tomu Haraguchi did Sakuya Yokaiden, mm-hmm. which is basically Sakuya the the demon slayer. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie about Yokai and it's shot so, so well. And so many people from like the millennium era of special mm-hmm. effects are involved with it. Shinji Higuchi, mm-hmm. for example. Uh and just really, really I think it's a great, great film. So uh it's honestly like when he said he was gonna try and make that film with classic Showa era techniques and really wow everybody. I believed him, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I was and like all for it until I you saw literally it. saw it. Do you feel I'm like a side tangent. Do you feel that, you know, when you see like stuff like Death Kappa to an extent like Big Man Japan, the uh the like they're too deep in their nostalgic like mindset to like they're like, yeah, this is what I'm trying to create, but it, in the end it doesn't it doesn't feel genuine. Like it does feel like you're they're they're holding themselves back from certain things. I think a little bit for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Death Kappa. I don't know if I would say Death Kappa held itself back, but I don't know the reasons mm-hmm. that Death Kappa turned out the way it did. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Big Man Japan. Yeah, Big Man Japan. I I really do feel like I'd get that a bit more if I was Japanese. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that one. That one, the, it's Japanese-ness yeah. might be what's sort of like holding it up and at the same time holding it back from mm. everybody being able to enjoy it. Oh, there's like, especially that ending. Like if you have no idea, like that ending <laughs> is it's insane. Bad shit. It's, in, it's, it's completely insane. Bad shit insane. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the whole, I mean, the premise of the mm-hmm. movie is funny on its own and the premise of the, the character, mm-hmm. like, He's a he's a freaking Ultraman hero, yeah. But he gets no respect from anybody. It's just like it's it's like that's... no one even cares anymore. <laughs> yeah. Just he's doing his job out of like the the like keeping the family name going almost. Yeah. But you know what like... it reminds me of a little bit? It reminds me of the '90s sort of indie films zone mm. you know like people making deciding i'm gonna make a weird thing about a thing yeah and it's like an offshoot so it's not a toho movie it's mm-hmm. just like someone's independent film but because it's japan it's like in the 2000s yeah instead of the 90s. yeah it does yeah it does it, you're right there is like a certain like feel of like we're like 10 years behind of what everyone was doing like the 2000s were like a very those early aughts were yeah. like a very weird time for film 
like digital was just coming in, but God, did it look like garbage? Yeah. Like yeah. no one had like, even, I mean, look, Michael Mann made a film on, on, I think he was an early adopter of like the red cameras. Oh like, yeah. You okay. watch, uh, um, what is it? The one Tom Cruise and uh, Jamie Foxx, uh, collateral collateral. Okay. That was one of his early ones. And like, that's where he was like, you're sitting here watching. You're like, why? Like, this feels like it's such like an amateur hour. It's a great film yeah. like story wise, but like, it shot so like just like the cinematography on it is so garbage because they no one knew how to like properly like light for digital at that point. Like That's it was interesting. Just, yeah, the the whole <laughs> that era, right? Mm-hmm. That 2000 to where we are today, like mm-hmm. everything before 2014, I'll just say. Yeah. In the 2000s really kind of weird yeah you know? I, I go even the I, toho stuff oh very much so i go from post uh final wars where i feel like that era closed the door like sure yeah everything was we're done and then the people trying desperately to kind of keep it up mm-hmm. like there was i mean there was there was always projects but it was like it was never like anything to reignite like that like yeah, we can't really get excited about this like there yeah. was the shorts like uh the gihara like the long-haired monster there was so uh, like that's a great example, right? Mm-hmm. Gehara is uh, honestly in the stuff that's made in this era we're talking about from mm-hmm. 2000 to 2014. I think that's the best thing. Mm-hmm. Gehara, the long and dark-haired monster. It's a short. Yeah, it's it was a lovely. TV special, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 for NHK, and it's a really beautiful and well, not beautiful so much, but really great, well-made mm-hmm. tribute to Showa era kaiju films, mm-hmm. but funny. Mm-hmm. And funny in a way that's not super dismissive and not um, – it's like a little bit winky to the audience, but it's yeah. not super – it's not it's not like Death Kappa where you're or like, Monster oh, X my Strikes God, back. what is happening here? Monster <laughs> X Strikes Back. Oh, my God. What a movie. What a terrible, terrible – I mean, the director of that movie does weird movies. Yes. So Have you I'm, seen Calamari Wrestler? I have only seen clips of Calamari Wrestler. Calamari Wrestler is actually a fun film where it's that, like, we're taking a wacky idea, but they're kind of being earnest about it. Uh-huh. And I, that's usually when those, those like, how, how, like, a good cult film is, is, like, we're very, like, we're very straightforward and serious how we're making it. Like, the, I feel that the winky winky stuff, like, it's like, is that you Minoru have to be. Kawasaki, is that, that guy's name? I, wanted, I feel uh, like that's his name or something like that. But he's, yes, that sort of, like. There's a lot of heart in there, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's his style of making a movie is also just crazy, but he sticks with it. I think he does. <laughs> maybe that's maybe loved, that's his strength. He loves his foam rubber. He loves his costumes. Like um, there was um, oh the the koala one, executive koala. I have not seen executive oh, koala. I've only heard it, about it. I, it's um it's a little bit of uh, American Psycho, but with with furries that's the best way i can kind of put it uh i will require a high five later for uh completely nailing the director's name yes you did you got it right but yes his his stuff is not what i would hold up Mm -hmm. next to the godzilla series and say it's the same yeah you know his stuff is bizarre funny on purpose yeah. but also disturbingly funny as well Mm -hmm. so did you watch his uh, i'm sorry did you watch his new one kaiju mono Yes, I did get that. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you're like sitting here like two days later, somebody was like, how was it? Gretchen asked me how yeah. it was. And I'm like, eh, 
It's it'd be it's something another like one of his movies. <laughs> it's something like you're not gonna pop in to watch on your own. And be like, hey, let me just show you guys a few clips of this thing. That's yeah, that kind of film. Like uh, Calamari Wrestler, I'll still put on because it's like I I, I have a affinity for Japanese wrestling and like and it is like a very straightforward earnest film. Like, but it happens to be a giant squid man who is doing suplexes in the ring to like you know big name wrestlers. Yeah, he's got a lot of movies on his filmography that i've just never mm-hmm. seen yeah because most of them are probably just so weird and he like, could have his own streaming channel yeah like no one <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to kevin uh, uh durendorf about that he's just like there needs to be like a criterion for like these weird ass like asian films like, uh, i would subscribe for sure oh so would i that, that that i mean that was my when i got into like film real heavy in uh in high school like it was like the weird Asian stuff. That was that was my bread and butter for the, like the longest time. I'm like, wait, whatever you got, give it to me. Like I found verses, and then it was game on, like 80s horror, <laughs> like Hong Kong stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I had uh, I had a friend of mine in college turn mm-hmm. me onto a whole bunch of cool like kung fu movies and uh, like the Hong Kong the stuff that action was, films, that the, kind of stuff. The stuff that was uh, it was like when you move beyond like okay, I got John, I got all the John Woo. Uh, Chow Young Fat stuff. It's like, let's, what, what, how deeper in this well can we go? And you go, you realize like Hong Kong was turning out like a bunch of like schlock, but there was like, yeah, something wonderful about there, There's a film <laughs> called The Seventh Curse. It was made by the guy that made, uh, Ricky O. Okay. And it's Indiana Jones meets Evil Dead. And it has one of the most insane, like, and it falls into this because it has a giant rubber monster fight at the end. Oh, no way. Yeah. So okay. there, the, the basis is this guy steals this, he saves this girl from this death cult, steals an idol. They curse him to where, like, all of his major arteries over a year are bursting. And so he has to <laughs> team up. It's a young, a young spry, chung young fat. Okay. And they have to go back to Thailand to defeat this evil cult that have resurrected this demon ghost baby. Oh. It's like they're, 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 they're like, they're DT. They, 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 I might they, need a link to this later. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's actually on YouTube. Like, someone put awesome. the whole thing up on YouTube and they fight. A mummy that turns into an alien bat monster at the end. Oh. And it fights this. It, it's like, even if you just watch the last five minutes, you're just like, what in God's name am I looking at? You're like, <laughs> but there's something so beautiful and earnest about it. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. a, yeah, totally. So there's a bunch of those that I mm-hmm. love about Hong Kong cinema, you know, weird stuff like the oh man what is it called the seven wonders or there's a um there's like a superhero mm-hmm. wire work kung fu movie mm-hmm. is it like cheesy? a Suhar kind of film yeah totally yeah, yeah. Che- super cheesy but th- i love it mm-hmm. so i should find ways to love movies like death kappa yeah but the, the, again like i i like i Believe me, I, my my friends can be crap for like loving all kind. Like I love Van Helsing. People are like, how can you have love films? You love? Because it's a big. The cartoon. last time I went to Universal, they mm-hmm. were doing a Van Helsing thing. Yes, that's it's a funny. Big cartoon of a film. Like I I I turn to people I'm like, how can you not see the joy in all this? Like it's yeah. not because that film is not asking much of you. It's like, look, we're it's a ride. Get in for the ride. If you don't like the dips and the fries, it's fine. But like, you don't have to sit there and like, oh, and no, like, it's not being held to the standards of Godfather or anything like true, that. True, true. So, and it, but there is also a time where it's like when you're purposely setting out to like make something goofy, it does feel like that you are walking a fine line. Like you got to really know that formula, mm-hmm. and it's like you add too much sugar to the cookie mix, and it's like these are inedible now. I like that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's actually. 
that's probably one of the best ways to describe some of those films. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh, I like what's going on here, but at the same time, it's too much of this. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons. I mean, that's probably exactly why I love Gehara so mm-hmm. much is because it's got the right, the right ingredients. The right mixture. Mixture. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the reason I absolutely detest Cloverfield. Like, oh really? I like believe me, man. I was on. I was no, day one hype train on that thing. Like I was just like every little thing that was coming out. Like, oh. dude, it's like I was on the lost train. Like before I realized where they were taking me and like yeah. into the valley of disappointment with that show. Like I was like J.J. Abrams, man, he's doing a giant monster film. He showed up at Comic Con. Like they showed a new little clip, and they're yeah. just like, I'm like. Yeah, man. Like this is this is <laughs> this is gonna be the Godzilla movie we didn't get, you know? Yeah. Like because he Abrams himself even says like, yeah, we want to do like a Godzilla movie, but like our own. Like he's American based and all this stuff. And I do remember seeing that stuff after the movie came out mm-hmm. because that movie came out in my break, yeah, in my kaiju break. It was like yeah, two thousand seven, yeah, two thousand eight. It came yeah. out to, because it. That first preview, that January was, 2008. Yeah, because right? it was Abram. Like they put it on Transformers, and I remember sitting there like, "What? Like what? What is this? Like when you saw the Statue of Liberty head swing, I'm like, <gasps> like yeah. there was like, oh my god, like because but you don't like it now. I didn't like it from day one. Like oh. I, I didn't like it at walking out. I went with back when you still had to go to midnight screenings. Uh-huh. Like yeah, you had to wait. Like there was no assigned seating, so you're sitting out for like 10:30 till like. 11 o'clock, and then it's like you got to figure out something to do for an hour and a half in the theater. Uh, I said to, to my best friends, we're sitting there I'm like, all right, I'm like, oh, cool, this is going to be great. Like, every, like, the, the, what the apparent leaks and stuff, I'm like, this would be cool. And I sat there and I'm like, hmm, okay. I walked out and I just, it was the same feeling the first time I ever remember being disappointed by a film, which was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Again, as a kid, hyped to hell for that because, Wait, is, was, there a, is there a sequel to Mortal Kombat? Yeah, it's called Mortal Kombat oh, Annihilation. Right. It is one of the most god-awful films you've ever seen. It makes the Street Fighter film look like a uh, Igmar Bergman film. Like, it's just, it's so inept. It's so bad. The the budget slashed in half. Like, it's just, it's pure crap. Okay. And I remember walking out. My buddies were like, oh, you, you like, I, and they know I'm I completely, in like, 100% into this stuff. And they, they don't care. Like, they're like, yeah, it's Godzilla. It's a big dude in a suit. Like, you know, your normal, like, person that kind of, like, just oh, brushes yeah. it off. Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we've all had them. Like, you're loving this stuff. And they're like, dude, that was really cool, wasn't it? I'm like, that movie kind of blew. And like, what? Like, how, how can you say that? I'm like, did, I mean, it was, it was clearly they wanted to make it alien, but with a big monster. And so I'm like, did you not see, like, it, like, it was every trope. Of like you know, like the things hiding behind the buildings, you never hear it show up. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the design, I was very disappointed by the design. I did not like the kaiju design. No, the monster design no. in Cloverfield. Because you know what it, it it looked like. You're like what um like the stuff that like video game designers were like heavy on at the time, like the mm. the big knuckle dragger guys, like okay. weird bandersnatchy stuff. There's like a lot of like early like Quake games and stuff like that at the time. When where did Super 8 come out? Super 8 came out two years after that. Because I felt like same the monster, exact design. Yeah, same, yes. it had very similar properties, but that's same, also an Abrams thing, Yeah, right? same designers, the same exact designer. Oh, okay. Um, in fact, there was like a, there was like a rumor that they were, Abrams was like, had the, um, there, it was going around. I don't think it was ever substantiated, but there was. It was going around that like he wanted to like quietly kind of do like a Kevin Smith thing. Like all his films were like 
connected somehow. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, maybe the Cloverfield monster and this alien came from, like, the same world or something like that. And they dropped it when they decided to turn Cloverfield in, like, their own Twilight Zone. Sure. <laughs> which, uh, like, Cloverfield, yeah, I like I liked 10 Cloverfield Lane a lot more. It was yeah. a lot more, like, just, I haven't seen the, the Paradox one. I just, I saw... I ending, liked it. But, I liked it when I saw it. I mean, yeah. but it, I haven't gone back to watch it again. I don't think anybody's really gone back to watch any of those films. I, I this, it, I get angry every time I see Cloverfield because it does remind me. It's like you promised me so much and then you just disappoint. <laughs> and here's the thing: everybody that came out of that film, I have loved everything that they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Reeves when. Uh, uh, I I prefer his version of Let the Right One In over the original one. Okay. Uh, and then his Apes movie, The Planet of the Apes. You can be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on Let the Right One. That was another one that was built up for me. I'm like, what? Like, what? What? I was like, okay. Uh, and the Apes, those Apes movies are fantastic. The okay. Planet of the Apes ones. Um, and then uh, Drew Goddard wrote and directed um, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh man, which is That's a seminal film. classic in this so day great. and age. So, which by the way, I was uh, so happy to see in uh, King of the Monsters, uh, Bradley Whitford show up. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this, this is just going to be, this is going to be so much more fun now. Like, I had no idea he was even in the cast. Yeah, and I didn't like, either, actually. I, I sort of stopped paying attention to the cast announcements mm-hmm. after a well, while. Yeah, you were you were going like cold turkey as much as possible, right? Yeah, because I find that it's way more enjoyable for me mm-hmm. to go into a movie completely cold turkey mm-hmm. and. I mean, there's, I swear, every time I say that in a group of people, mm-hmm. somebody will like pipe up and say, well, actually, there was a study that says <laughs> spoilers or blah, 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 yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't care yeah. because I've experienced mm-hmm. seeing a movie after seeing too many trailers and mm-hmm. I've experienced seeing a movie without seeing any trailers. And I got to say, I enjoyed the second one more. Yeah, because you so, don't, there's no, like you, you're my, my best friend's like that. He's just like. I don't even need to see the trailer. Just show me the poster. Like, yeah. I'll I'll eventually watch it. So <laughs> you're in this room surrounded by Godzilla toys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see the Godzilla. Yeah, movies, you're already. I'm already. You know? You're already sold. But guaranteed ticket. Oh, believe me that like I couldn't help myself though. Every little thing that's yeah. coming out, I'm just because there was that there. And I tell this to people that like are very pro like binging like on uh-huh. in the streaming service. I'm like there is something to waiting. There is something to that like forcing yourself to that delayed gratification yeah yeah and you enjoy something like that like like i i like jessica watched daredevil in one sitting i'm like that's the show the show (laughs) oh wow because she was doing like a live she would do it with all the marvel shows she'd have like a live um uh, uh, she'd invite people like come on facebook we'll do like a live stream and we'll watch them all and we'll just talk about it as it goes on oh interesting and i'm just like i i can't do that like yeah a, I'm not 21 anymore. Like, I just don't have that time. But B, it's like, I've come to, like, I've come to realize, like, you know, sparsing things out, you know, you do tend to, like, they stay with you a lot longer. And, like, it does build the anticipation for what's coming next. Instead yeah. of, like, I'm done. I got to wait a year and a half for the next thing now. So. Yeah, even that, like, the first time that they put out the trailer where, like, Vera Farmiga is, like, mm-hmm. giving one version of her speech yeah. in that first the, the, trailer. The one that's, you could clearly tell is heavily edited. Cause oh, even in, in, it, later I heard, I heard her say, we have to wake up Godzilla. I'm like, yeah. that was not in the movie. No, yeah. no, no. I, I definitely, well, as, mm-hmm. as you know, cause you listened to that episode, like, mm-hmm. uh, Doherty shot so much footage for that scene. They shot so many variations of that speech. 
that like they just they cobbled together the one that worked for them, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's the beauty of editing right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> editing rules everybody. But yeah, yes. I, that movie. If I had not seen that trailer, mm-hmm. I would have been even more blown away by mm-hmm. it because ever since seeing that, that means my brain is sitting there going like, well, somebody needs to get in mm-hmm. control of the Titans and somebody needs to do something for the monsters and we are, eh, looks like Godzilla is going to save us all kind of yeah, thing, yeah. which I, I mean, I kind of knew going into it, but at the same time, I would have been totally 15% happier with the movie if I hadn't seen that. Yeah. Kind of and thing. that was the Comic-Con trailer too, I think, wasn't it with the, um, I'm pretty sure they that had, I like, saw, just saw Geter the and Comic-Con and ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, the one that, the, the one that I'm talking about is sort of like, Ooh, this looks like Rodan the movie. Like, oh, okay. It, so that was, I think that was the second one then. They opened with her, the, the, the daughter, my, uh, she was on the, like, is there anybody out there? Uh, like, yeah, it's hard for me to remember. Yeah. I've seen, because now that I've seen the movie, mm-hmm. I've just gorged every single <laughs> thing that I could find about it so mm-hmm. that I could learn all about the movie. Wasn't it good? Wasn't it so. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. Like all Godzilla movies, it has mm-hmm. its flaws. And yeah. like some people, there are people who, don't like the movie for reason A, B, or C. And I'm like, but those are reasons. I could say I A is in this Godzilla movie, B is in this Gamera movie, and yeah. C is in this other Godzilla movie. Well, it's like me. Like a lot, of, I saw a lot of people complaining about like they've taken away the um the the the, the nuclear um allegory of Godzilla. I'm like, uh, let's let's be honest here. That was gone after the second film for the most part. Like they're they yeah. they always bring it up. It's like. That wasn't a big thing in King Kong versus Godzilla. That was definitely not a thing in, in Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Like they were that first film. Yes, we can hold it to that standard of like, yes, this is a modern, ma- this is a masterpiece. It's great. But to say when you're watching Godzilla versus Megaguirus that there's a, you know, the, the grand nuclear allegory, it's like, eh, like what, Godzilla has evolved. The, in general, the whole thing has evolved beyond that. You bring up Megaguirus, which is an excellent point, because that's a similar message, but it's not the same message. Mm-hmm. And I think that it stands just as well on its own mm-hmm. as the original Godzilla one does. Yeah, you know, like I, it's about it's about the type of energy you're using, and mm-hmm. if it's gonna you know harm the environment, then what are you using that in energy for? Yeah, you know, and I, and sadly, it's it's the one film in that whole series I think more than Final Wars that takes a beating from everybody. Like I. I love Mega Gears. Like, I love the such first a three, film. three quarters of that movie. <laughs> the the ending doesn't do much for you. You know, the fact that perhaps so, like doing a flying uh, a flying creature in a battle kind of. I honestly felt like after the the nineties films, mm-hmm. we didn't need to see the flying kaiju until they could make a, a more realistic or believable version mm-hmm. of that. The the monster that just floats in the sky with his wings barely moving that mm-hmm. doesn't do it for me you know like yeah, and that's to... one of the reasons that Rodan in the 2019 yes. film like mm-hmm. just boying I loved it so much you know I I had a discussion with uh, Ricardo Delgado about that yeah. briefly on on Facebook because he this is a guy that like for a lot of people he's synonymous with Godzilla because he did all those storyboards for the film that never got totally, made yeah, yeah but he has never seen anything past Mechagodzilla. Like he never watched any of the the newer films at all. No. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get him back on because I want to be like Mecha Godzilla seventy five, yeah. seventy four and seventy five. Yeah. Wow. He didn't watch because uh, I I was picking his brain, but he's like, yeah, you know, just I like he's he's a 
He's a he's a wonderful human being, and he's just he's very he's very that is set precious. In his ways. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> almost is. I'm just like, oh my god. Like I just want to give you a hug. He's That's like, yeah, funny. you know, I like what I like. You know, I go to the movies still, but it's like, unless someone brings it over for me or like I'm purposely going to a screening, like I just didn't get all go out of my way to to see him. Did he's he like, see the new one? He did see that. He's he saw the he saw the last two, uh-huh. and he saw Kong Skull Island. Because okay. they're like they're they're it's like these I can go with with my kids to go see sure, and stuff yeah. like that, and uh, but he, he loves Rodan, absolutely loves Rodan. That was one of his favorite films. And when we were talking, he's just like Rodan, like that was the movie that's like that that in, installed that fear of the monster for you. Sure, like yeah. as much as Godzilla's like ooh, but like Rodan was terrible because Rodan was eating people. Rodan was like you could see the distraction. Yeah, and there's that that he he even pointed out the one scene I loved the when Rodan's hauling ass down. And the Jeep is trying to like catch up and the Jeep flips. You see the little doll slam into the side of the, uh. Yeah. The you're ball. talking about the 56 one. Yeah, the 56 yeah, one. Yes. yes. So when, uh, he put out his brief review, like as he does on Facebook, he's just like, I saw Godzilla King of the Monsters. This was one, this was an absolutely wonderful film. Brought me back to my childhood, but that Rodan sequence, that like kudos to anybody that worked on that because that is a masterpiece of a, uh, of a sequence. It's like, yeah, the Rodan sequence is basically what I've been wanting to see since I first mm-hmm. watched the original 1956 film on VHS when mm-hmm. we re- rented it from the, the tape store, you know, the Be- tape rental place, whatever that was. It's because you actually, because he, a, it was bringing back any dignity that the character kind of lost because they kind of made him goofy like later on a little they bit. They did. They did. The sixties Rodan is a, he's a kind of a derby. goofball. Yeah. He's derby. <laughs> You but, know, honestly, so like when I first got back into Godzilla, like mm-hmm. dialing way back to just getting on the internet in 1995, mm-hmm. and I found out that the 93 film existed because I didn't know. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, Rodan's in a new movie. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it. I was like, yuck. Wow. <laughs> he looks like a toy that you would throw and it would just sort of sail along. Yeah. It, f- like he never moves his wings barely. And is uh, I think the notion of making him smaller than both Godzilla and Mechagodzilla hurt it a lot. Like, why don't you just do a suit, man? Like the puppet really, you know, really wasn't working. <laughs> I honestly, I would go back and just say, you probably just should not put Rodan in this movie. Yeah. These are just make it an insect or something mm-hmm. like that. Something and then, else. You know, it, it could wait have been until later. Cause he actually fi- final wars, he looked mm-hmm. okay in, you yeah. know, and they and did he moved. A, he actually moved a lot. You know, exactly. Yeah. A lot more like, like a giant like, bird should. Yeah. When he like lands on the building in New York mm-hmm. and like spreads his wings and roars like that was, that was really kind of cool, but he yeah. didn't get very much good screen no time one did, in that uh, film. That's, uh, I, I defend Final Wars to this day, but I get why a lot of people don't like it because they're like, everyone got like five minutes. I'm like, yeah, it's a two-hour film. And yeah. like I, I get the format that they're going with because it was the – I mean, this is like the most like crazy anime fighter-like – version of godzilla we're ever gonna get like it's it's literally i call him like i call him mma godzilla okay that's yeah. what he's built like makes uh, sense with yeah. uh you know captain gordon oh yeah <laughs> and, then the, the, and uh when i interviewed ryui he's like yeah that's kind of what we were going for like you you build your your hero like so he beats up a bunch of like the of the um you know your your lesser monsters if you will and then when we introduce like the big bads like here's you know how what you know You've seen Godzilla just, you know, womp on everybody. Now this one's giving him problems. And yeah. This one's actually overpowering him. How and old were you when you saw Final Wars? I was 20. I got into that. Okay. I got into that premiere, too. Like, that okay. was. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. 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 I remember walking out and hearing 
I was in within I I was in within earshot. There was Kitamura was talking. I want to say to um, he was talking to like some some executive, but I know that um, the Metal Gear creator was there too. Uh, oh, Uji, okay. Odeo Kojima was there too. I think okay. he was talking with him. I just remember some guy yelling at Kitamura, was like, "You ruined Godzilla!" I I don't. <laughs> someone told me later who that guy was, but I'm just like, I wouldn't go that far, man. Like. I definitely would never go that far. No, I, I mean, I, you, I, I, like, it's my least favorite of yeah. the Japanese films, mm-hmm. basically. But I mean, I after so many years, mm-hmm. I can I, I you, can you appreciate it. it. I like, can appreciate yeah. it for some some aspects, but yeah. Like for me, it's it's against Mechagodzilla. That's the one film I can't really like go back. Like I love Tokyo SOS, mm-hmm. but I said I remember watching Against Mechagodzilla. I'm just like, this really feels like it wants to be Neon Genesis. Uh, uh, see, I've mid- never, I've never even really seen the the Evangelion stuff yeah. until later. Well, I mean, yeah, if, if you and again, if you don't see that, it kind of that does help watching that movie. Mm-hmm. But it just felt like it was so mired in like the political aspect, and just like it was like Millhouse, like when are we going to get to the firework factory? <laughs> was, that's what that movie felt like to me. I'm just like, yeah, I, felt- you know, I always like to say that I equate those three movies almost to like Kaneko's Gamera trilogy. You've mm-hmm. got. Megaguirus and Mechagodzilla and, and Tokyo, Tokyo SOS, SOS that were directed by the same guy. Mm-hmm. And he did improve on each one. He did. He very much which did. Which is why, which, I mean, I've said it a million times on the podcast, so mm-hmm. apologies, but basically it was the main reason why I was disappointed in Final Wars. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, they didn't go we were me. doing this and then this and getting mm-hmm. better and more serious, but still treating things the way that I felt like they should be treated. And then final wars comes in and it felt like Kitamura was just like, uh, I don't need this. And just throws out everything that came before it. Yeah. And made his own thing, which well, was so just so outlandish yeah. for, for what I was expecting. But it was, you know, talking to him, he, you realize how much of a, by a committee that film was that yeah. final wars very much was like, he came in, he's like, all right, they're, they, they, they gave him a few ideas. Like, we want to do like a big spectacle. And like, okay. all right. So, uh, what do we do? It's like, we want to do destroy all monsters, but we don't want to do destroy all monsters. Like, they didn't want to do just remake destroy all monsters. They're like, it's 50th anniversary. We're putting this to bed. We want a big spectacle, you know, spectacle. And the producer on that film was the producer on Azumi. That's why he got Kitamura to Tomiyama, come on to direct yeah. it. So, um, so when they were sitting there, the 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 story was like it was executives, Kitamura, uh, the writers, everybody was kind of sitting there. They're like, and they kind of put that movie together by like a committee kind of thing. Mm. Like, what can we do? What? How can we incorporate? It was like, here's everything we got. He even said like, we had a table of all the monster toys on there. Uh-huh. Who do we pick? And he's like, first, and he even said first guy I picked was King Caesar because he's like, that's my favorite. Like, have to have him in there. Uh, the executives like we need we need we need Ghidorah, Rodan, yeah, Mothra, like the big ones. But it's like where what what are the lesser ones? And then built from there. So the um from what I know of that movie that it the they got all the the live action stuff shot pretty quick and they were under the gun on that thing to get it out because they wanted to get out for um, oh they put yes they always put out their exactly. movies so that it, it within makes like, it, it to like that film festival or whatever it, and this summer yeah it's it, so ridiculous he didn't, he didn't quite say it but from the sound of it like he like he enjoyed doing it but it also sounded like it was a pain in the ass from from the schedule he was working yeah. on because i think that was only his second major studio film he had ever done all right so i've spoken to several of the directors mm-hmm. from the millennium series mm-hmm. 
I should just say two. Yeah, There's yeah. really only four directors yeah, from the yeah. Millennium Series. I've yeah. spoken to two. I've spoken to half mm-hmm. of the directors. And uh, the only – actually, I'll just say in terms of people making Godzilla movies, like mm-hmm. most of the responses I get from people are like, I'm not interested in doing that again. Yeah. You know, like talking to Shinji Higuchi, like he's not really interested in doing another Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. which is a shame because yeah. it feels like the committee thing might mm-hmm. be what turns people away it, from it, the genre. It's it's the and reason. Toho. Yeah, it feels like that's the reason why a lot of people don't want to go back to work for Marvel too. Oh really? You know, there's a lot of directors that like they're one and done, and they're like, "I'm good, we'll move on." Because yeah, yeah. it is by a committee. Unlike Pixar, where it's like the committee is, are the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Marvel is very much like we got to hit these dots. We need you to come in, and they mainly do it because it's like. I'm going to get a payday out of it, and not only that, it'll give me clout to do my next sure, project. Sure, So <laughs> I guess you don't really get that. No, not in the Japanese, <laughs> not in the Japanese system. That's, not I mean, so that's much. you know, he, you know, Kidmore was more interested. Like he was, and again, this, this is mostly what I'm garnering off him. Don't the people listen? Is don't like these aren't his exact words, but it's like I did this because it was cool. It's the 50th anniversary. But he was also looking forward to like he already had offers from American studios to come sure, over and yeah. do stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, he famously said he was offered. He didn't quite. He didn't say it exactly, but like you listen to him, it's like he was offered to do Fast and Furious, I think three or okay. four, and then it would go into Justin Lin. They were like, we need an Asian guy to direct these films. They're like, they were just that's the American oh, that's studio. Funny. Like interesting, yeah, yeah. So he's like, I don't want to quite do that. So he came over. He met Clyde Barker and he ended up making Midnight Meat Train. He's yeah, like, and yeah. Th- that was. And then unfortunately, that was the that was the disappointing thing because like that movie was on track to be a big thing, uh-huh. and then there was a regime change at Lionsgate, and they dumped it to second run theaters, oh. and thus See, mired some things. I don't even remember that. No, no one does because yeah. it didn't. It's it's grown like a little bit of a cult following now. Yeah, because it's actually a pretty cool film. It's like early. Um, uh, uh, Bradley Cooper. It was like mm, one of his first right, starring yeah, roles. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And it's the weird. It's like if you like, if you know any Clyde Barker stuff, it's weird. It's it's kind of like uh, it's got like some like old demon stuff to it. And when did you interview Kitamura? We interviewed Kitamura in 2015 uh, at um, what was it? It was at uh, the LA Comic Con. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then um, I've had the pleasure of talking to him a few other times since then. So like. Certain things like, you know, like some of the stuff I've said here public, other stuff, I'm, these are my interpretations of what he was sure. telling me. So no, I'm just curious. Like I got asked um, a few years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it was my interpreter mm-hmm. for some interviews at Monster Palooza was like, oh, did you know uh, Kitamura is also in town right now mm-hmm. if you wanted to interview him? And for me, since I do a long yeah. inter- interview, long format interview <laughs> That's my format. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I really, I think I could maybe have like a 15 to 20 minute interview with Kitamura yeah. because otherwise I just want to ask him questions that would be, I think like subconsciously they would it's come like, out so and be dude, like really, laced what, with poison. So what was, yeah. What was the <laughs> choice here? Like I get it. I've talked, I've, I've had many of those conversations with people about that, but I came in like going into final wars that was like a bigger deal for me because that guy at like when I like I got I caught the the filmmaking bug from like in the oh, okay. year, within like a like a eighteen month period there were three films I had the Matrix okay then I had Battle Royale and then Versus Versus was that um that it was Kid Moore's first like 
his actually his third technically his third film, but it was the film that broke him out. The zombie movie. Yeah, the yeah. zombie movie. Yeah. yeah, but it was like. I had just gotten done reading Robert Rodriguez's book. The, the, <laughs> I've got that downstairs. Yes. 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 I read that. I had just got done reading it, and yeah. I could see everything that he was like laying out yeah. in this film. And not only that, but it was, again, it was one of those things like when you look at the, like the films that Japan was making in like the late nineties, early two thousands. And you saw this, this was like wildly different from anything that was being done at the time. I was just like, Oh wait, you could do that. And like, and everything that, you know, I've heard, I've read about it. What he's told me about it, it's just like, yeah, it was just like, we went out there. We were finding the budget every day, and we had a script, and we just shot. It's like, yeah, he didn't have. He, there are he, things that I respect about mm-hmm. Kitamura for sure. Yeah, I, and I could talk to the. I could definitely talk to him about some of his movies before Final Wars. But yeah. for me, just like the idea of sitting in a room with him and could, like trying to come because the thing mm-hmm. is, I don't I don't go negative you yeah, know yeah. like I, I try not to either I try I, not to be it that, seemed, that guy. it seems like a real bad move for mm-hmm. anybody to like. Want it's, to be like, well, you oh, ruined Godzilla, or like you, that guy dude, said. Like, I would never, I would never no, say that to anybody do, like do that. I, you, you've never had to, you've never had the pleasure of working uh, a press line before, have you? <laughs> no. Oh, you no, want to see? I've seen it, and I just no, not interested. I mean, that's how Jessica and I met working a press line. Sure, yeah. But like, you're sitting there, and it's not only that, but you're seeing people. They're like. Yeah, you're the press. You're like supposed to be like the creme of the the cream of the crop. Like you're asking like some some like the hard questions, and then it's uh, going back to you know when WordPress came around, then any jackass could have a blog, and as long as you had a certain <laughs> number of hits a month, they're like, yeah, you can come along and do it. Sure, yeah. There were there were people there that were their whole shtick was the angry nerd like thing. They were I I I, I talked to Carrie Ellis one time. Who was a little inebriated. I just put it that way. Hey, uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So as I'm talking to him, next to me is Kevin Conroy, the okay. voice of Batman. Yeah, yeah. And these guys were like going on and on. They weren't letting him talk. And then not only that, but they're like, so, hey, man, like, you know, how much do you hate Christian Bale? Because it seems like he's like crapping all over your legacy. And wow. Kevin's just trying to be like, uh, no, look, man, I think Christian's like a you know, a great, like, you know, he's a great actor. And like, dude, he does a new Batman. Like, I'm like, I, it, like, I want, Carrie goes off. I'm sitting, I'm, my buddy and I are watching these guys. I'm like, what, dude, what are you doing? Like, you are completely unprofessional right now. That's terrible. And, and to the point where the handler came over and told him, it's like, you guys are done. Get the hell out oh, of here. Wow. Like, they got wow, kicked yeah, out. Yeah. Like, he's like, you guys took too long. I was like, well, we still got like, no, that's it. No more. Like, and we, then we had Conroy come up to us. He's like, I hope you guys are. I'm like, dude, like that was like some <laughs> actual professional BS. So you see stuff like that. You see people are just the. Unfortunately, I think the internet has has given us like uh, it's given people the chutzpah to like really shit on things and mm-hmm. like feel like you're superior to that, like a in a superiority complex to stuff sure, that you don't yeah, like. Yeah. And I. I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought. It's okay. We, I mean, we were talking about po- being positive. I mean, yeah. I think oh, yes, honestly that yes. the, just being positive is one of the things that I, I think people love about my show. Very just much a, so. Like I, I like being positive in general anyway. I mm-hmm. feel like whenever I have had like a few times, mm-hmm. we've had an episode where 
we go into negative stuff. And mm. sure, people are like, ah, that was awesome when you were ripping on Death Cap or yeah. whatever. Like we did a drunk commentary mm. for the 98 film, oh. which. Uh, <laughs> That's something I always wanted to do. Just uh, get, like rip shit and do something like that. It, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. But I mean, at the you, same you, time, it wasn't as off the rails as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought. I thought, here comes the alcohol. Yeah. But no, it really, we just sort of like crapped all over it. Just, yeah. I, I, I didn't feel super great about it afterwards. <laughs> but people love it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, as Kevin Smith says, you know, right, you know, rise, you know, rising seas raise all boats kind of thing. Oh, and yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, what, you know, you can, you can be, uh, critical about certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, again, was King of the Monsters a perfect film? No. Like, we all had, like, I, I, I loved it, but like, again, like you, I'm like, there's spots I, I would have, like, like for me, like I get into like a lot of technical stuff. I didn't like, I'm like, why didn't you go with like, like Geter and Rodan on that end was like the, 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 the roars that they, they designed for him. Sure. Yes. Uh, like Mothra, Godzilla sound fantastic. And then the spots where they're literally lifting like the old, uh, the music, the old, and the old music and yeah. the Godzilla roar at spots. You're like, Oh, but then you hear Ghidra and like Ghidra to me is, is it's always the bells. It's always the, the, yeah. the electronic squeal. And, Part of the reason I didn't like the roar for uh, the GMK Geeter because it just sounds so – it lost that oomph, if you Sure, will. yeah. I, could, I, I totally agree. And like mm-hmm. when I walked out of the theater mm-hmm. for 2019's film, I said the same kind of thing. Man, mm-hmm. it sure would have been great to hear Rodan's roar. That was the biggest it one. It sure would have been great to hear Ghidra's roar. It mm-hmm. sure would have been great to hear Rodan's theme. Yeah. Like what a great – I love oh, that yeah. music. But really, mm-hmm. when I – when I come take a step back from my initial fully nerdy response to that movie, the Godzilla mm-hmm. and the Mothra roars and the the music for those two monsters, mm-hmm. those are the classics that everyone kind of knows, yeah. right? Even in 1998, mm-hmm. after uh, when Matthew Broderick was on mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live, yeah, 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 and you know Tracy Morgan, uh, Tracy Morgan is sitting there singing the Mothra theme song for uh-huh. a few seconds. It's like people know that, yeah. you know. If it's in the if you had a room of a hundred people and half of them are Godzilla fans, you mm-hmm. say, you know, hum the Rodan theme for me. And, uh, yeah, I don't think almost anybody would be able to do that. No, like yeah, I, some even your most Sturgeon Godzilla fan at them be like. Wait, how's it go? Like, eh. yeah, you know, like this. It's one of those things where, yes, it would have been awesome, but mm-hmm. I don't think it would have had as much of an impact as you people, even me at the time, mm-hmm. would have thought it would have. Yeah. So, by the way, um, can we? Can I ask you about your collection real quick? Sure, man. I, yeah. Because we're sitting in your Sanctum Sanctorum right here, and it is just a sight to behold. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, like much, much like like. When when did this start? Because you as you said you you got you got you were out of it for a while, and this is an impressive collection. Like this is museum quality right here. It's a lot of X. Yeah, you're clearly an X plus man. I'm I like X plus. Mm-hmm. You know, actually I have a rule. Well, let me answer your question. I actually started collecting in '96. Okay. So when I first moved out to Portland, mm-hmm. I drove through Atlanta. Okay. And stopped at Showcase Collectibles, which mm-hmm. was a store that existed at the time. Mm-hmm. And I definitely bought a few things <laughs> and brought them out here with me. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, like mail order, followed mm-hmm. by internet order, followed mm-hmm. by figuring out how to bid on Japanese auctions. <laughs> like, so essentially for 20 plus years, I've been collecting Godzilla figures. Mm-hmm. So if I ask, what's, what's your, uh, what's your holy grail right here? 
that Rodan, the Shogun Warriors sure. Rodan from that was given to me by a listener, mm-hmm. which was like just amazing of him to do. All hail Weber. <laughs> but uh He's that's right. probably my my grailiest of items. But I got a ton of stuff in here that oh, I'm at, like in love with. Oh dude, the, everything in here is just it again, it's like a museum. Like you walk in and you're like it's 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 almost overpowering at times. <laughs> yeah. I do love seeing people's reactions when they walk into this room for the first time ever. Yeah. Someone was telling me I should put a compilation <laughs> together. <laughs> well, that again, that's part. I I love looking at your Facebook feed or your uh, not your feed, but your Instagram feed because it's like you're showing off like the the goods, like the, oh, yeah. the vinyl stuff. Like lately, like you've been getting into like the like the marmot stuff lately too, haven't you? Yeah, basically. Well, I started buying um I started buying the marmot stuff when they started doing their Monster Heaven releases mm-hmm. way back in the day, and I had maybe like four. Mm-hmm. And then I just sort of like took a break and then uh, eventually came back into getting some of the Marmot stuff. But Marmot and Toy Graph and Sun Guts and yeah, I just buy whatever I like now. But pretty much everything in this room, because mm-hmm. I sell stuff, right? So I, yeah. I sell stuff that doesn't spark joy for me, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, uh, and then replace it with things that do. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very I'm very guilty of doing that same thing. I'm like, yeah. ah, I bought this super deformed. Why why did I buy this super deformed piece? Because I don't have any other pieces. Like, it, it it's that kidding me. It's like it looked cool at the time, so I'll just yeah. dig it. Like, yeah, I'll just sell it off. But then you know something like for me, it's it's kaiju, and it's giant robots. Sure, yeah. So I have a tiny shelf of giant robots down there, the cubby in the corner underneath. Uh, I know you got some getters. Yep, yeah. Uh, actually, Mazinger and Getter are basically my favorites. So the, the Gonagai, uh, Ken Yoshikawa oh, stuff, like Gonagai is like amazing, dude. Like it, that that's uh, my introduction to proper anime was through Devilman. Awesome. So that's awesome. the pretty much like I worship at the altar of of Gonagai. Nice, so like, yeah. Man, that guy, honestly, that would be an amazing interview, being able to talk to him about his life, mm-hmm. building the the legacy that he has. Like, such a – like, seriously, I've got a cutie honey mm-hmm. uh, keychain, like, right in front of you. And then, you know, the Mazinger stuff. And well, not, somewhere in here, there's a you devil realize, man. You realize the guy – not only did he redefine the giant monster or the giant robot, uh, the super – actually, he kind of – He just defined super, it. So, yeah, yeah, he, he kind of defined super he robots. He defined it, yeah. Uh, he pretty much put Magical Princess on the map with, like, cutie honey. Like, there was that trope of, like, the changing and everything like sure, that. Sure, yeah. Where, you know, while – Honey fresh. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> and then he was also the guy that's at the same time it's like you're looking at some of the stuff and then he create he was the guy pushing the envelope in the seventies and eighties. Like just some and he didn't stop. Like you read his stuff as it went along and his artwork just got better mm. and the storytelling, like I, I I found copies of um Mazen Saga at a book off. Okay. Like big format. And that was the the thing I love about Go is that he's willing he goes back to the well, but he doesn't go back to where it's like, this is like, like the girl that, like the, the woman that created Harry Potter. She's like, I'm just going to keep delving out little things for you Potter fans. Like mm-hmm. he goes back and he's like, let's go at it from another angle. Let's, what if we did Mazinger, but it was like, you know, more like violence Jack where it's in a post apocalyptic world. Okay, yeah, yeah. Dude is in an armor. It's not an actual <laughs> robot. Like Koji's in the arm, like it's an armor, and it's hyper violent. Of the manga stuff. Oh, his, the manga stuff is where I found um, the beauty. I, I, I'm lucky enough to live next to 
three different book offs, which ha- are um, it's a J- Japan based store. Yeah, they have, I've they, seen them in Japan. I've never yeah, seen yeah. them here because we, they wouldn't have them in Portland. Yeah, we got five of them in California. Wow. So there's one in San Diego that um, uh, is in a predominant Japanese area. Okay. So they get a lot of like manga, like they get a, just a ton of like Japanese like merchandise that gets traded in there. Awesome. Um. One in Costa Mesa, also a, like a, a heavy Japanese area. And then the Gardena one is in pretty much what is like it where people that go to Little Tokyo live. Oh, so okay. Gardena is gotcha. a very like that that community, like the Japanese community lives oh, pretty much in Gardena. Right on. That's that seems like the best places to have a used book. Yeah. <laughs> book off story, we, yeah. we have two other ones. that are just like, yeah, you could occasionally find some stuff in there. Unfortunately, a bunch of nerds started working there. And start telling people, this stuff's worth money. Like, you should start charging more. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I knew someone that worked there, and she's like, yeah, people are skimming all the good stuff off the top Oh, that now. sucks. But if you go, like, for for me, when I go, I I will spend, like, an hour skimming the manga section mm-hmm. because I, you find all kind of, I found copies of um, of Devilman, like, the original run stuff. Okay. I found uh, uh, just anything, like, Mazinger. I found a whole run of Mazinger in there. And then uh, I found uh, a a volume of um, what he called uh, Shin Violence Jack. Where, Shin Violence Jack. Are you familiar with the Violence Jack story? I'm not, but I'm familiar with Shin Getter, so yeah, I'm assuming Shin, we're Shin sort Getter, of dealing yeah, with the Shin, same kind Shin, of thing, but for Violence Jack. Yeah, Shin Getter, which is over here, Getter, Robo Armageddon. Did you ever watch that? Mm. Uh, that, the, the, that's the one that was put out by ADV, right? Yeah, it had yeah. the black getter in it, too. Yeah, like yeah. The redesign. See, I got a couple of those guys over there. Yeah. I, I uh, like that series. Yeah, Violence, Violence Jack was the precursor to your Fist of the North Star and your Mad Maxes. Oh, uh, okay, it, gotcha. Until, like, about 15 years ago, was unofficially, until it was made official, was unofficially the sequel to Devilman. Uh, yeah. It really? Takes, yeah, it takes okay. place post-Devilman, like, after the 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 apocalypse where Ammon and and a Satan fight uh-huh. like it's that world after that like Satan feels bad about what he did because he killed his so violence Jack is connected violence Jack is connected that yes. doesn't surprise me Gona guy likes to connect his stuff a lot yes and even so what he, weirdly and essentially what he did he re he rewrote violence Jack like a, a condensed version mm-hmm. but threw in all the Devil Man mythos in it properly so Celine's like a main character in okay. it okay yeah, uh, yeah Jack is actually Ammon like given human form. Oh, okay. And like the Slum King is Akira who was corrupted by Ammon. So it's it's sounds like there's bonkers. an entire world out there uh, that I'm like not experiencing. There is. And the the sad thing <laughs> is like I got I, you have to dig for like the what the translation sometimes uh-huh. because I can't read Japanese for crap. So sure. Uh, but like you look at the artwork, the artwork alone is just like, oh my god, like this is all gorgeous stuff. Like every and like you look at what he did with Cutie Honey in the seventies, and you look at what he's still doing now. Like the man's pushing eighty, I think, yeah. almost. And like he's still churning out stuff. Still left rocking right. it. That's yeah. good. That's awesome. I, I mean, when yeah. they had the fiftieth anniversary uh, Mazinger Z Infinity mm-hmm. in the theaters, I loved that. Oh, it that was, was so wasn't much it, fun. Wasn't it amazing? It was. Mazing. Mm-hmm. It was a mazing. Er. Well, so real quick, I the other thing. So I didn't know you're a Star Wars fan. What, yeah, what, you know, I grew up in the seventies. So can we talk about your other little? What what are your other little interests? What 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 makes Kyle tick? Uh, I really well. So I used to love 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 Star Wars, mm-hmm. and then when the prequels came out, I liked them very much, mm-hmm. and I liked mostly like the pre-production stuff, like the designs yeah. and the the monsters and the aliens. Like that's what I love about Star Wars most. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they take the shine off a little bit, though. It did. It, yeah. And then, like, the new stuff that's coming out, I'm just kind of very... Blase. Like, I'm, I'm blase towards it, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy it, but the yeah, Star Wars doesn't make me tick as much as it used to. Mm-hmm. But, man, that Galaxy's Edge in Disney looks amazing. Yeah. And uh, oh, the lady yeah. and I are already, like, coming up with a master plan to experience the hell out of it. He, my, my buddy's done it. He he purposely bought a pass so he can go there once a week. Oh, like, awesome. He's completely enamored with it. That's cool. So he's a, and he's a complete Star Wars junkie, and he's just like, dude, like the the lightsaber build, yeah, like section, it's worth the two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's the part that I'm super interested in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a four. He's like forty five minutes. You sit there. They give you your you get to choose the yeah. type of lights. No, that's and everything. I'm fully into that. And mm-hmm. like the droid building one, like I want to do that too. Um I so I still do love Star Wars on a very base level. It's mm-hmm. just I'm not like Oh You're my god, let me tell you about all the stuff. I don't yeah. like I don't look at all the characters in the new movie and then go to the Wikipedia to yeah, like yeah. <laughs> and learn all about them. Uh Hellboy is probably the other big mm-hmm. one for me. Like, Another Portland native. Kind of that's Mignola. true. Yeah. yeah, Mignola was here for a while, and actually, I got to meet him briefly, mm-hmm. really early in my my life here in Portland at uh, Things from Another World. Before it was Things from Another World, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Planet X Comics, and then it was called actually my second episode, I think, second or third episode had Cindy Okamoto, who's mm-hmm. a friend of mine who worked there, and she's like one of my oldest friends in town. Anyway, I met him there, and then I was like, man, I should really look into this whole Hellboy thing. And then the movie came out mm-hmm. and I was like, that was awesome. And then the library here mm-hmm. let you rent or borrow graphic novels. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So I plowed <laughs> through all of their Hellboy stuff um, and I became a huge fan of the mythos that, they, that Magnolia created. And yeah, I've been into Hellboy for a while. Did you get the uh, Hellboy rogue beer when it came out? Yes. Okay. It's actually, you're not in the right room. Uh-huh. The, I moved all my Hellboy stuff downstairs into the guest room. But so, basically, so that's the shrine down there. Yeah, I've got like because I did a costume for that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually made my own right hand of doom. Oh, that's awesome! And uh, Magnola has signed it. Oh, it's made out of foam. Mm-hmm. I handed it to him, and he goes, "Oh, wow, this is way lighter." Someone brought me one at Comic Con that felt mm. like it was made out of concrete, mm. and I'm like, "Oh, I think I might know the guy that did that from the 501st." Uh, you know, that's that's kind of almost it. Generally, I like horror movies, but I like Japanese horror movies. I like Japanese cinema. I'm mm-hmm. uh, also fully in love with the country. Like, that's one of the reasons I go back every year, mm-hmm. year after year. But you know, that's what makes me tick. Well, it's, uh, like the, this has been. Fantastic. I think well, geez, we've been going on for like almost two hours now. So yeah, man, I, I think this is a, I think this is a good point to, to wrap it up. So Kyle, thank you again for a, not only hosting this, but be finally coming <laughs> my on. My pleasure. My pleasure. Talk, you know, sitting here and, uh, you know, give Gavin with me. This has been, uh, lovely as, as hell. So, um, if uh, anybody's listening to this who hasn't heard the Kaiju cast, Kyle, where can they find it? Well, they can find it. Uh, at kaijucast.com or on any pretty much any podcatcher that's out there. So mm-hmm. just look up kaijucast. It used to be, but I could say look up Godzilla podcast <laughs> <laughs> and it would be the first and only thing that came up for mm-hmm. the long time. And then, uh, now some, some brainiac out there actually decided to call their podcast Godzilla, Godzilla podcast. <sighs> Pretty sure they got a nice cease and desist too, right? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Oh. Probably not. <laughs> 
But it doesn't matter. It like mm-hmm. messes with all the search engine stuff. Oh, so okay. anyway, you can find it on kaijucast.com. But uh, this is the last year of the podcast, so it's it's really? ending in really? November or December. You're yeah. wrapping it up? I'm wrapping it up, man. Oh, wow. So you didn't know that? Yeah. Two, no, I did not know that. Yeah, sort of the problem with, like, someone asked me if I announced it, and I was like, yeah, I did, but I announced it at the end of our live show at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, which is like a three-hour podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, like, tuning in for the last half hour, you might have missed me saying that uh, 10 years is a long time to be doing an artistic project, and mm-hmm. so that's pretty much why. Wow. So 2009 to 2019. End of an era. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm first up, I'm really happy Mm -hmm. that I've been able to do this and the podcast has opened up many doors for me. Mm -hmm. And like, I think in the last episode that I do, I'm going to be like, here's all the crazy crap I did thanks to the podcast. And then I'm just going to go on this litany of all these cool things and events and people that I've met. And then, yeah, it's like, 10 years of doing the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's time for a change. It's time for me to move into a different direction. And uh, then the other aspect of this is that the the podcast has always been free. Mm-hmm. The podcast has been how I wanted to make it. So I get to play music on it and stuff like that, which is mm-hmm. why it's free. Yeah. You know, so that was engineered in a way that would never in that format would never be able to make me any kind of money. Yeah. And I put a ton of work into that. I mean, 270 will definitely hit 275 episodes by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm figure 10 year, uh, 10 years of doing it. 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you don't t- know the cost of running these things. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's, you know, it's for me, it's less about the money. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, it's, it's more about the time involved in it. And like, mm-hmm just putting all that into it, all that effort and that energy and that time. And like the stuff that I got back from it was amazing, but I'm ready to evolve into the next format for me. And that's going to be video. Oh, okay. So I'm going to keep doing Kaiju cast videos, which I don't do as much as I should. Mm -hmm. And like literally this weekend, I'm supposed to shoot something for a video that I recorded back in 2018. So I'm going to essentially like try and beef up my YouTube channel and then I have another program, a project I'm starting mm-hmm. called Collect All Monsters, which is a toy show about giant monster toys. And I'm doing that with four other people, David Dotco, Christine Chapin, Leslie Chambers, and John Ruffin. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's something that... So you're not completely jumping out of the pool. I'm, I'm not completely jumping out of the pool. And like some people at G-Fest were like concerned that I was leaving the Godzilla mm-hmm, The community era. In and yeah. no, no. I'm in... This is... I'm not going to get my tattoos removed, <laughs> you know? Like, this is, this is my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep doing it. You know, eventually, it would be super rad if I like was able to like live in Japan and shoot stuff in Japan and like talk to people that won't come over to the States for Mm -hmm. one reason or another health reasons or age reasons or whatever that is. And like try and like, again, like I said, evolve what the Kaiju cast is and Mm -hmm. what I do essentially. So that's sort of, that's the plan. That's the idea. And hopefully people aren't going to be too sad. Yeah. Cause there are so, so many Godzilla podcasts out there now. Mm -hmm. I I'm just one of the voices and there's, I could, I could probably rattle off six right now if I had, if I was pressed for it, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's a good time to be a Godzilla podcast listener. Yes. <laughs> and for a Godzilla podcaster to mm-hmm. take a step back. <laughs> well, I, now I feel even more honored for you, you know, coming on and, 
Well, thanks for having me, man. No, thank you so much. I almost thought you were asking me on because I was ending the show. I, no, I had zero <laughs> like, clue. Surprise! I had zero clue. Like, <laughs> just saw you at G-Fest, and everything was like, yeah, go and go. We're selling merch and everything. I was just yeah, like... Yeah, No, things are going good. I mean, mm-hmm. the, it's one of those things, like, I I love the idea of leaving people wanting more, you know? Well, before so before we wrap up, now that this new little wrinkle has come up, I mean, have you... <laughs> Do you feel that you accomplished what you wanted to do? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the there's a couple of episodes that I recorded that didn't make it, mm-hmm. and eventually those might they might come, come out, out. Like an archive kind of thing. I've got like I've got an interview with Masaki Tezuka, mm-hmm. and I need to try and get that online before I shut the doors on mm-hmm. the on the podcast, but. I like the video stuff. Like I graduated from college with a degree in video production. And mm-hmm. so I want to continue that process. Of, yeah. And like, honestly, like I said, the working on the, the, uh, the X-Men podcast where I had to learn how to do so much editing so fast mm-hmm. was really very good for me. Like it was a challenge. I'm ready for my next challenge. Okay. So the challenge is going to be video. Like, Video has changed so much in mm-hmm. 20 years. I'm really, <laughs> I'm going to get my feet wet. Yeah. Get back into it mm-hmm. and see if I can uh, put out really informative, awesome, fun videos about giant monster stuff. Oh, I look forward because, yeah, I, I, dude, I dug your, your, your documentary a lot. So oh, thank you. Thank very, you. I'm very, I'm, and I'm quite excited to see what you got up your sleeve. So yeah, we should do, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, like, basically right now, I have video footage from the DNA exhibit mm-hmm. where they have props on display in Japan. That's a, a traveling exhibit. They let me film everything, which is like blows me away because mm-hmm. I've never been able to film anything in one of those exhibits. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, yep, you can do anything you want in here. And wow. so I got to shoot. I mean, I'm not the best cameraman, but mm-hmm. I got lots and lots of footage of lots and lots of props. And I just need to slap it all together with mm-hmm. a good a good throughput, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and that's kind of what I want to do. I want to do those. Um, I'm going to be filming some stuff when I go to Japan next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just to try and make cool videos really. And yeah. then at the same time, this other t- this other show collect all monsters will take up a lot of my brain power. I'm sure. Is that, is that, you know, possibly move it to like maybe doing another doc somewhere down the line, maybe. You know, I would love to do some kind of documentary, but honestly, what sounds more up my alley would be a web series mm-hmm. or a you TV cover, series. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if anybody wants to put me on actual television, I'm ready. <laughs> hey, man, like everybody, like the streaming wars are on. Everyone's looking for content right now. So you, you'd be surprised how many, uh, how many shows come out of like internet shorts and stuff now. That's, well, let's that's, see if I can make it happen. All right, man. Because well, I've got ideas. Hollywood. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> well, you know what, man? Th- again, thank you so much for coming on, man. My pleasure. And then uh, for everybody at home, for myself and Kaiju Cast. See you next time, guys. Thanks for listening.